everyone. Welcome to the Film for Fans podcast, the podcast from movie fans for movie fans. I am your host, Ryan Dunleavy, and joined by the uh, Nashville SC jersey uh, clad Rob Dunham. Yeah, it's a nice and yellow day outside, so why not wear a yellow jersey? Yes, up here in the Northeast, it's nice and warm and very spring-like, Yeah, at least for today. Yeah, tomorrow it'll be 10 degrees and snowing. Just watch. Yes. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> well, we've got an excellent podcast for you. We're going to talk about the box office results. We are going to recommend movies to watch on Netflix and Amazon Prime. We'll cover what's uh, coming up in the box office and we will do our watch list. All right, Rob, uh, are you ready to get started with the box office? Yes, sir. Okay, number one in its first week on the charts, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. That's right, Sonic was dominant. 72.1 million, which is uh, not an insignificant figure. That's uh, that's pretty amazing. Uh, Morbius in its second Morbius. Jeez, why do I keep doing that? <laughs> Morbius. You need to write yourself a little, a little note card. I know. Well, it's written in right in front of me. It does. Yeah. <laughs> you know, once something gets stuck in your head, it just doesn't. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Morbius in its second week did 10.2 million. It's now it has a total of two week total of 57 million. The Lost City was third in its third week in the box office at 9 million. Uh, it has a total run of 68.7 million. Ambulance in its first week in the box office, 8.7 million. And The Batman, 6.5 million. And that one has racked up a total of 359 million for its six week run. All right, Rob, what do you make of Sonic uh, pulling in that figure and, and anything else in the box office? Uh, I'm not really surprised by Sonic doing so well. The first one was well received i think mm. and made people interested in going to see the second one um i think jim carrey is a part of that draw too um as uh, dr robotnik um i think ben schwartz does a great job as sonic and the animation is really high quality so i think that it's a movie that a lot of people want to go see and want to take their kids to and um a, definitely a family movie. I actually went and saw it last night. So I'll have some more to say about it a little later. Um, but yeah, I'm not surprised that it did well off the success of the first one. Yeah, I am surprised it did this well. I mean, for that's a big figure for what's ostensibly a kid's movie. Um, I don't know that you have a whole lot of adult couples going out to see uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, but that's it's pretty impressive. I mean, I did not see the first one. Uh, and this one wasn't a huge appeal to me. So the number of 72 million really leaps off the page, especially when you have had so few movies even approach $100 million. Uh, this might be a sign that even an even further sign that box office is starting to recover when a movie like this can do 72 million. I'm, I'm happy about it. That's great. Uh, what did you make of uh, Ambulance only rolling in at 8.7? Uh, I'm not shocked by that i think Mm -hmm. that there's not a huge amount of um people who are invested in michael bay anymore yeah so i just 
I don't know if people are as interested in uh, the brand of him as they would have been in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. So it's not too much of a shock to me. I still plan on going to see it, mm-hmm. um, but I'm not surprised it didn't make a ton of money. I also think that it's impressive how much um, staying power legs Batman still has. Yeah. Um, and that's doing very well for uh, DC there. So. Mm-hmm. I think and, it's I think it's worthy of the success it's had for sure. Yeah, and I think uh, the Lost City probably is pretty much where I would have expected it to be uh, for that type of movie, and it's had reasonable staying power, and it's uh, in its third week. Uh, if you look at the list of what's of the top five, that's the only one that you could say that is like would be closer to a date night movie. Uh, so that has that going for it. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's an interesting box office spread because you have two kind of superhero movies, an adventure romance type movie, an action movie and a kid's movie. That's, that's a pretty good mix for your top five. Uh, a little bit, a little bit for everybody on that one. Okay. So that's what uh, the results from last week's box office. We have two main releases coming out this week. Uh, number one is Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Uh, this will be the third installment of the Fantastic Beasts series, the spinoff of the Harry Potter uh, series. And for this one, it's uh, the plot is Albus Dumbledore assigns Newt and his allies with a mission related to the rising power of Grindelwald. Uh, So, of course, you have uh, Eddie Redmayne is back as Newt. Uh, Jude Law takes on the role of Alvis Dumbledore. Uh, Ezra Miller is in this one, Dan Fogler. Uh, And you have Mads Mikkelsen as uh, the new Gellert Grindelwald taking over for Johnny Depp, which will be interesting. Uh, the second movie, and we'll get into each of them as we as we come along. The second movie is Father Stu, and this follows the life of Father Stuart Long, a boxer turned priest who inspired countless people during his journey from self-destruction to redemption. And the main characters here are uh, Mel Gibson and Mark Wahlberg. All right, Rob, those are your two entrants. What, what do you make of them? So out of the two, I'm definitely more interested in um, the Harry Potter movie because mm. um, my kids for sure will want to see that. So I'm sure we'll all go see that. Mm. Um, I am inter- I'm very interested in seeing if they like address the fact that Grindelwald is played by a new person because it's going to be really weird either way. Yeah. And I still don't really agree with their decision to make that change Hmm. because of the reasons behind it and what ended up coming out about um, the whole Johnny Depp Amber Heard situation. Um, This seems like he was treated very unfairly in this and uh, I'm not cool with that. Yeah. (laughs) So I I really wonder if they're going to address that at all because you feel like they would have to somehow you would think but they didn't address the change in actor of dumbledore 
in the first That's series true. after the death of Richard Harris. They just kind of moved on with a different actor. So yeah. I'm guessing they won't unless it's beneficial to the plot for them to do so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to be interested in Fantastic Beasts, The Secret of Dumbledore. I want to be. Because uh, the, the idea of a young Dumbledore is very, very interesting and very, very intriguing. However, the first two just haven't been great. The first two movies have really lacked a lot of the things that the Harry Potter series brought. Uh, the sense of wonder and all around the magical world. Uh, a well-written, well-thought-out plot. Like characters you really care about. I've, I've had a hard time relating to the Newt character. I just haven't found him that interesting. And it just, so far, the first two movies haven't worked for me. And I'm just concerned that they've got too much negative momentum around this series uh, for this one to redeem itself. Uh, but bringing it back to Hogwarts, and I think Jude Law is an excellent choice for a young Dumbledore. So we'll see, I guess. Um, I hope it's good, but I'm, I'm not holding, I'm not, my hope, my hope is not too high. Um, Father Stu looks like an interesting story. Um, you can always get into more character development type stuff. Uh, and movies that do do well in the character development. I think the combination of Mel Gibson and um, Mark Wahlberg is interesting. I think there could be a lot of uh, a lot of intrigue around the those character relation, but we shall see. Yeah, so that's what's uh, that's what's coming out in the box office this week, and of course, most of the other movies we talked about in the top five will still be out there. Uh, make sure you check out your local theater. And now let's move on to our discussion for the week. Uh, it's been a little while since we've done one of these where we recommend movies on some of the streaming services. Uh, the full list will be up on our website in the next couple of days. So make sure you check out filmforfans.com uh, in order to get your movie recommendations which also includes our top movies from 2021, which you still need to check out if you haven't done that. So make sure you visit filmforfans.com. But today we're going to be uh, recommending movies from Netflix and Amazon Prime. Uh, so Rob has tackled Netflix and I have tackled Amazon Prime. Uh, so let's let, uh, let's let Rob go first. Uh, so Rob, which movies are you recommending? Um, obviously there's a ton on Netflix and a lot of original content on Netflix. And we've talked about the maybe not super high quality in our opinion of, um, at least movies when it's come mm -hmm. to Netflix and some other online sources. Um, yeah. but the first one I would recommend, and it's not necessarily because it's a great movie, but just because I think it's maybe one of the better Netflix original things that they've done so far is uh don't look up um with leonardo dicaprio uh that just was nominated for best picture at the most recent oscars um i just think it's a it's a movie if you're a movie fan that you should see so you can at least talk about it <laughs> whether you like it or not i'm not sure i enjoyed it i don't think it was a great movie um by any stretch but i did think it was funny and i did think there was 
um, a worthwhile message to it about, um, you know, not being arrogant and focused on ignoring things, trying to <laughs> pay attention to things that are happening around you in the world. Um, so don't look up. Uh, the second one uh, I'm recommending is Fun with Dick and Jane, uh, starring Jim Carrey and Taya Leone. If you have not seen this, this is a really funny movie about a couple who uh, pulls off a lot of heists and shenanigans. <laughs> it's a, as Ryan said, it's a like, good date movie or movie if you want to watch with uh, your significant other. Um, but it's just funny, too, if you want to watch it by yourself. Um, going completely different direction for the last three. These are all more serious movies. Okay. Uh, Argo, starring Ben Affleck, mm, yeah. um, talks about the rescue of hostages from the um, United States Embassy in Iran mm-hmm. uh, when the Shah was being overthrown there. Uh, very tense movie. I really like this story because I didn't know this story before I saw the movie uh, that, and this is based on a true story. It's actually happened Yeah, that they essentially sent uh, Ben Affleck's character over there under the guise of producing a movie when he was really um, trying to get these people out yeah. of uh, this really bad situation. Um, and there's a lot of drama and it's intense and, um, a lot of high stakes and emotion. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really well done movie. Yeah. Um, and I believe it won Best Picture a number of years yeah, ago. Too. Yeah. One of the last ones that was actually a worthy Best Picture. <laughs> um, my fourth recommendation would be The Book of Eli mm. uh, with Denzel Washington and uh, Gary Oldman. Uh, Gary Oldman, again, being like completely unrecognizable. Yeah, as, as always. As, uh, is this like town uh, despot who's in control of the water mm-hmm. and the town and water being like the most valuable resource um, and literature as well. He's also in control of a lot of that. Um, I really, this is, there, there are a lot of post apocalyptic movies out there. This is one of my favorites, if not my favorite. Um, and I really, I enjoy the uh, religious themes in this movie mm-hmm. as well, too. It's if you're into that sort of thing, it's a very interesting thing to watch from that perspective. Yeah, because I, I think and it's funny because I just had this discussion with somebody else that um, there are a lot of movies that are produced by Christian studios, organizations that are sensibly Christian that are, in my opinion, not good. Yeah. <laughs> and this movie was not produced by a Christian organization and it might be a better Christian movie than most of the Christian movies that exist. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we need to remember uh, it, it still needs to be a form of art. Yes. Yeah, it still does. I mean, there's, there's certainly um, by no stretch is it like a family movie. There is violence. There is mm-hmm. um, a lot of, rough stuff but the rough stuff is the reality of the world that this character lives in yeah uh, and that's why I, think I like it so much because it seems authentic fun side story about this one when this movie came out i was working at sunglass hut and uh the sunglasses that uh, denzel washington wears in this one are, are made by oakley or were made by oakley they don't make them anymore 
And I could not keep these things in stock after that movie came wow. out. Everyone was, everyone just kept coming in looking for them and we just didn't have them. And we kept <laughs> trying to get them to order them in. And it just, yeah, it was, it was, it was a big thing. Yeah. Um, the last one I would recommend is uh, the movie Rush. Mm. Um, starring Chris Hemsworth and Daniel Brule. Uh Chris Hemsworth plays James Hunt and Daniel Brule plays uh, Nicky Lauda. Two drivers in F1. Um, back in, I believe it's the seventies, seventies or eighties. I can't I think remember. It's the late seventies, but I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it goes, uh, tells the story of their rivalry. Um, and I've been getting in more into formula one hmm. lately. So it's cool to just see some of the stories from previously in that series. And it is a very highly competitive, um, very tense world even to this day. Uh, and I didn't know that story before watching the movie. Obviously, it is Hollywoodified a little bit, um, but I think that it's uh, a cool story to watch. And even if you're not a motorsports fan, I would say much like Ford versus Ferrari, it's worth watching even if you don't care about cars at all um, because you will care about the characters. I think that's the important thing. Um, so, and it was directed by Ron Howard, correct? Rush? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, so I, I would recommend Rush as well. So the five again for me, Don't Look Up, Fun with Dick and Jane, Argo, The Book of Eli, and Rush. Nice. Yeah. Uh, okay. Good job there on recommendations, Rob. Uh, so now we'll move on to Amazon Prime. And for me, I'm going to start out with the movie I, I just started watching again uh, yesterday. And it's uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Uh, from the year 2000. Just an absolutely incredible movie uh, on a number of different levels. Uh, the plot is, if you're not familiar, in the deep south of the 1930s, three escaped convicts search for hidden treasure while a relentless lawman pursues them. It is a retelling of uh, Homer's The Odyssey. And uh, this movie is incredible on a number of levels. Stars George Clooney, John Turturro, John Goodman. Uh, the, there's two things that have, have stood out on this. One, the dialogue is absolutely incredible. The dialogue is, is ridiculous and fantastic and <laughs> off the wall. It's... Uh, there's so many lines in this movie uh, that really, really just, it just gets you. It's just fantastic writing. Uh, it's script writing at its best in terms of dialogue. Uh, almost every line is said in a different, interesting way. Uh, and and every, every piece of dialogue is witty and, and intelligent. And there's so many, there's so many jokes that you have to catch in the subtle moments and it's it's fantastic. Uh, the second thing that stands out for this one has been the music. Um, there's a lot there's a lot of music in this one. It really pulls from like the old time deep south uh, kind of religious hymn type uh, gospel type music, and uh, it's really really catchy. Even if you're not into that type of music, the the music that they produce for this one is really, really good throughout. Uh, 
led by uh, the recurring uh, song Man of Constant Sorrow, which is really, really, really well done. Uh, so if you have never seen Oh Brother Where Art Thou or thought it looked like a weird movie not in your genre, it absolutely is something you have to see. Yeah, if, this would probably be, if it's not my top 10 all time, it's got to be close. Um, again, I have to sit down and make that list at some point, but yeah, um, it is very high up on my mm. list. Um, yeah, this is one of the best from Joel and Ethan Cohen. Yeah, I think this is the epitome of what the Coens are. I mean, some people might argue Fargo, but mm -hmm. I would say this with, with the music added just is another dimension yeah. that I think is really like the, for me, it's the best movie they've done. Right. Uh, the second one comes from the same year, uh, year 2000. This is one of my, one of my favorite movies, probably top five, but I would have to, I would have to make that list out. Definitely top 10 unbreakable. Unbreakable from the year 2000, uh, directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, controversial opinion, this is M. Night Shyamalan's best movie. And uh, it's about a man who learned something extraordinary about himself after a devastating accident. It is a... It is a down-to-earth superhero movie. It's a stealth superhero movie. It's a very stealth superhero movie, but this is this to me is the epitome of what M. Night Shyamalan brings. Uh, his use of color to signify importance, uh, and particularly the color purple in this movie. The interesting, unusual camera angles that you see throughout the movie. The understated dialogue, which is in some cases... Uh, is the critique of M. Night Shyamalan that he's weird at writing dialogue, but I think it gives it a unique element to it. And just the compelling nature of the back and forth between Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson um, with, uh, with the son, his son Joseph, as, as the foil between the two. Uh, there's so much to like about this movie. It's so intriguing, and the payoff is so good for it. Yeah, this was... This is... Uh... My favorite superhero movie of all time. Yeah. And uh, going into it, you wouldn't know it's a superhero movie. <laughs> yes, I know. So yeah. I, I just, I love, I love it because it slowly unfolds and you see, you kind of, through Joseph's eyes, you kind of see what his dad really is happening as the movie goes on, which I really like. It's not like just one massive reveal. It's like little by little, you realize what's been going on with this guy and who Samuel L. Jackson's character is in, re in um, relation to him too. Yeah. Uh, the third one on my list is uh, the 2008 film Valkyrie. And this one at the time, like United Artists was a struggling theater or a studio. I really put all their weight behind this movie and it did not, I don't think it ever got the attention it really deserved. Uh, but this was about the, uh, it's based off of the true story of the July 20th, 1944 assassination attempt on Adolf Hitler. Um, some of his own generals uh, attempted to assassinate him, in particularly uh, led by Colonel uh, Klaus von Stauffenberg. And this base, this movie basically tells about that plot. And it is it is a fascinating it's a fascinating uh, World War Two film. 
it, this was something before this movie came out that I was not aware of. I was not aware of this assassination attempt and how close it actually came. And it's really compelling. Tom Cruise plays Klaus von Stauffenberg. Uh, Bill Nye is in this. Carice Van Outen, Kenneth Braga, Tom Wilkinson. Uh, there really is Terrence Stamp, Eddie Izzard. There's a lot of there's a lot of actors in this one that you'll recognize. Uh, but the intrigue and the plot and the mystery behind it is really good. And there's there's a tragic sense about it in that if only this had succeeded, <laughs> how much would have been different had this succeeded? And it really does give the tale that that there were people within the within the German country who recognized what was going on and, and were attempting to stop it from the inside. Uh, really fascinating movie. Okay. Uh, the next one on my list is The Courier. And The Courier is a newer movie. It came out in 2020, uh, starring uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, Rachel Brosnahan. And it's about a businessman is asked by a Russian source to try and help him end the Cuban Missile Crisis. Basically, an ordinary average businessman uh, is recruited to be a, a spy in Russia and help end the Cold War. So it's about uh, Benedict Cumberbatch um, being an undercover spy uh, within the Soviet Union in the heart of the Cold War. So you get a lot of that uh, intense spy drama. Uh, the characters are really good in this one. Um, any, anyone who loves, who loves spy films is going to love this one. There's, there's a hint of Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy in this one in terms of its feel and in terms of its, uh, its laid out drama. And really, uh, another, another true story that, that has been under told up to this point. Uh, so that's another good one. Did you see this one, Rob? I haven't seen that. And as you're talking about it, it makes me want to see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really, it's really worth seeing. It's really worth seeing. Uh, so the next one I'm going to recommend is uh, This Means War. And this is, this is an interesting movie in that it's like an action romantic comedy. So it's, it's really, it's really kind of, it's, it's a fascinating movie. It's, it's a genre bending movie. Uh, and it's about uh, CI operatives wage an epic battle with each other when they discover they're dating the same woman. So two friends who are spies end up accidentally dating the same woman and then, and then uh, basically start an internal civil war about this. And it stars uh, Reese Witherspoon, Chris Pine and Tom Hardy. Uh the character interplay is great. Uh, the use of Reese Witherspoon as they keep bouncing back and forth uh, between between her and them uh, is really funny. There's there's a lot of explosions, a lot of insane action, uh, a lot of uh, you know going way over the top to win Reese Witherspoon. Uh, it's a good rivalry movie. So you, you do have it all. Like you have, you have moments of wit and funny romantic moments, lots of explosions. There's really something for everybody in this movie. It's, it's a fun movie. Yeah. I saw this, uh, soon after it came out, I haven't seen it since, but it might be worth checking out again. Yeah. And I'll throw in one more, uh, just because it's a ridiculous movie. 
it's an absolutely ridiculous movie and you should watch it because it's an absolutely ridiculous movie. And that's Men at Work from 1990, starring Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez. It is not a good movie, but it is it is an outlandish, ridiculous movie. Uh, it's a it's a um, a poor man's weekend at Bernie's. Basically, Emilio Estevez and Charlie Sheen are low life trash men who uh, on their normal route. Uh, where they are being supervised by a crazed Vietnam veteran, uh, find a dead body on their trash route. And then they spend the rest of the month, the rest of the movie hauling this dead body around as they get caught up in the plot of who killed him. And it leads to a lot of ridiculousness and uh, it's fun. I enjoy it. So men at work. All right, that's our recommendations. And uh, we'll have a few more in there on the website. Make sure you go to filmforfans.com and check them out. All right, let's move on to our watch list. Movies that we watched over the past week. And Rob, what'd you watch? So I saw Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Okay, let's hear about it. Kids taking advantage of. And if if you uh, have a Regal near you, I think AMC does something similar too. Uh, Maybe worth checking out uh, to see if they have a discounted day. Mm. um the regal near me is on tuesdays so instead of like 10 something a ticket it was five something a ticket so that's a pretty significant difference especially if you're considering taking family to a movie um i uh i wasn't like blown away by this movie but i thought it lived up to um what the standard of the first one set and i i think that the reason why these movies have done so well mainly is the nostalgia factor. Um, I think there are a lot of people our age who are interested in going to see it, maybe even without necessarily having kids to go see it. People who have played the games when they were younger. Um, Obviously taking Sonic from the games to like a movie format, it's not like the games completely different. It's a whole another world like sonic is around our world now which is an interesting yeah. take on things um like i said i think ben schwartz does a really good job as sonic um i think that he is very expressive in the role and has the right energy for it um i think the animation style that they ended up going with after some backlash to the initial animation style was the right choice and uh, it fits the character. Um, the movie was full of references and some I kind of rolled my eyes at. Um, <laughs> but there were some very funny ones. Uh, I think the, my favorite funny one is they are in this temple run kind of scenario where they're trying to navigate a maze to go get this gem. And Jim Carrey and a spoiler alert, Knuckles is in this movie, although it's not really a spoiler alert because it's in the trailer. Um, Knuckles and Tails are both in this movie, characters from the Sonic series. And uh, they're being chased down this hall by a giant ball, kind of like Indiana Jones. The whole scene is uh, uh, like a homage to Indiana Jones. And Jim Carrey's character goes, I don't want to die like this. It's derivative. (laughs) <laughs> and I thought that was hilarious. Nice. <laughs> um, I I enjoy the humor in the movie. It is uh, family friendly. Sonic can be a little 
annoying, but he's not crass or or uh, unnecessary. Um, so I'm not surprised it made a good amount of money, and I would recommend going to see Sonic if you can. And um, just gonna throw this in here because we didn't talk about it earlier on any of the podcasts, but a trailer came out for a movie that I'm really excited about um, in June, June 24th. Uh, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On is coming hmm. out as a movie. Okay. I don't know when you may know the YouTube videos that came out in the early 2010s with Marcel the Shell. Um, but yeah. he was voiced by Jenny Slate, who also voiced um, Gidget in The Secret Life of Pets, the annoying white little dog. Um, uh, Mayor Bellwether in, or uh, the Mayor's Assistant Bellwether in the movie Zootopia. And Harley Quinn and Lego Batman. So she's done some really major things. And this was the YouTube videos were kind of before all that. Um, but now they've made a movie out of it with her voicing Marcel and her actually ex-husband directing the movie. So it's a really interesting, interesting. <laughs> thing that they're still um, close enough as people to do that. And it looks like it's going to be a very poignant, emotional kind of movie so i'm looking forward to seeing it and seeing what they do with an animated shell and if you have not seen the youtube videos i would recommend there's uh, at least three of them marcel the shell with shoes on um little funny short videos about the life of a shell if it was alive okay. walking around interesting yeah and also the unbearable weight of massive talent is coming out in like two weeks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. We'll we'll have to do it. We'll have to do a a full podcast breakdown when it comes yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> that only us will be interested in. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, for me, I watched two things this week. Uh, there's a new documentary on HBO Max uh, about Tony Hawk. Uh, called Until the Wheels Fall Off. Uh, Tony Hawk, of course, the legendary skateboarder, probably the most famous skateboarder who ever lived. And it really, it's really well done. It really, it's a real big character study on Tony Hawk. It's not just about skateboarding. It's about, it's really much, much more about him as a person and who he is, how he came to be the way he is. Uh, and it's told as much through his peers and how they perceived him as, as it is through him. And it's fascinating. It really is. Um, and just the up and downs of the skateboarding world and what that has meant. I mean, Tony Hawk, there's one point where he talks about him being 17 and making six figures skateboarding still going to high school, making six figures of skateboarding, like owning his own house with his own skate park while in high school. Uh, it, it's, it's just, it's, it's a mind blowing story. It really, really is. Um, I thought they were going to spend uh, more time on the Tony Hawk video games. Cause I don't know about you, but that's how I got introduced to Tony Hawk playing Tony Hawk pro skater in college and how huge the Tony Hawk video games were. And that was my complete introduction to him. But they did, they spent some time talking about it, but just a little. Uh, but it really, really is interesting. If you've ever been intrigued uh, by him 
or by the skateboarding world in general, it's worth checking out. Uh, the second one I saw, uh, let's just say was not as, uh, as well done. And that would be the 1993 Sylvester Stallone action movie cliffhanger. Uh, I've still tried to peruse uh, 90s action movies. And I got to say, like, I remember, like, there's some, like, iconic, supposedly iconic scenes from this that are, like, kind of etched in my memory when I think about this, like him hanging off a cliff or something like it. But first of all, this is supposed to be a movie about climbing. There is arguably more actual climbing in Star Trek VI at the beginning and end when he's climbing El Capitan than there is in the movie called Cliffhanger. There's a lot of running around movies. There's a lot of gunfire around or around mountains. There's a lot of gunfire around mountains and cliffs. There's not that much actual climbing. Uh, this is an utterly ridiculous movie, characteristic of so many of the 90s action movies that were not quite as high quality. Uh, the plot is outlandish. Uh, the action is, is, is quite ridiculous and far-fetched. Uh, there, there are some genuinely ridiculous moments. Uh, there's one where two characters are fighting and the one character talks about how he was an incredible striker in soccer and then goes to kick the guy in the face. And for no reason, for the first time in the entire movie, they do a slow-mo on his foot traveling towards the guy's head. And then all of a sudden there's a blood trail coming. It's like, where did that come from? That was completely out of nowhere. All of a sudden we're just going to slow-mo this kick for dramatic effect. Uh, yeah. So it, it's quite ridiculous. It's quite the ridiculous movie. Uh, almost as ridiculous as the uh, attempted accent from John Lithgow in this movie as the bad guy. Um, it was half-hearted at best. Let's just put it that way. It was a half-hearted accent at best. Uh John Lithgow, not known for his uh, ability to run the accents. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you're in the mood for a completely mindless movie that you'll uh, want to turn off like <laughs> 20 minutes before the end of it, like I did, I didn't actually do it, but I wanted to. Uh, this is the one for you, Cliffhanger. <laughs> All right. If you hate yourself, movie recommendation of the week. Yes. Yes. Cliffhanger. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> All right. Uh, Rob, you got anything else? I do not. Okay. Uh, one thing to clean up from last week. We did this whole segment on mind-bending movies, and I forgot to tell everyone the impetus about why I wanted to do that segment. And that was because I've been hearing lots and lots of things about the movie uh, Everything all at once. I, I need to get this. Everything, everywhere, everything all everywhere, all at once. I keep hearing fantastic reviews of this movie, saying it's one of the best mind-bending movies of all time, starring Michelle Yeoh. It's another A24 release. Uh, we've talked about that studio a number of times. Uh, so that was, I have not gotten a chance to see it, but it's it's number one on my list right now of just mm. ones to see it because I keep hearing great things about it. Uh, so if you're in the mood for going to the theaters and you want to do another mind-bending movie, check out Everything Everywhere All at Once. All right. And that will be the show. Thanks for checking out Film for Fans. And uh, make sure you go to filmforfans.com to get our recommendations from Netflix, Amazon Prime, 
our list of best movies from last year and plenty of other content. Uh, until next time, enjoy the movies.